Hello and welcome to the Small Button Podcast. My name is Finn. I'm Hannah. And today we're talking about disc breakers. And just to define this, it's basically video games that we played so much we've broken the disc. Or been very, very close to breaking the disc on. Yep, that sounds about right. Although we were going to call the episode Disc Killers. <laughs> That's a disc breakers? Yes. Whoops. Let's rewind. We're <laughs> doing a perfect intro. I f***ed up the song. Right, hang on. The song? The title? <laughs> I'm all over the place. I've only even just started. Right, let's start again. <clears throat> well, go on then. I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm composing myself. I'm composing myself. Hello and welcome to the Small Button Podcast. My name is Finn. I'm Hannah. And today we're talking about disc killers. There we go. You announced the correct title this time. <laughs> I want confetti. I want explosions. <laughs> I want people weeping in the street. <laughs> I suppose to be fair, Disc Breakers is still accurate, but um, I don't know, Disc Killers sounds a bit better. Disc Killers sounds a little trend. That's a trendy, like, Hollywood movie version of Disc Breakers. I see that. Yeah, so it's games that we've basically played to literal death. Yes. It's those games that stay with you. Um, I'm sorry, let's stay with you for a long time, but, like, if you're looking at, like, on your Steam list, it's the one you have the most hours in. Um, if you're looking to like your old retro collection, it's like the ones where you can't play them anymore because they're scratched too much because you've been overplaying them too much. Yeah, I've had a few games I've had to replace because of that. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's disheartening and also a proud moment because like ah oh, yes, I love this game so much, but then also it's like oh now I have to fork out money for more games, <laughs> uh, especially if it's retro. Yeah, because retro games have got a resurgence in terms of their prices now. Some of them anyway. Oh, they've decided they're worth more. And hello, Onyx. Hello, Onyx. It's been... How long has it been? We've had about five minutes into the podcast. And we're like, oh, Onyx won't join us for this podcast. <laughs> and here she is. <laughs> now she's on the table. Uh, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. Hi, Dad. Hi, that Hannah's was, Dad. That was the Hannah's Dad cameo for the, um, for the podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some kind of fan club at some point of just Hannah's Dad mentions. Oh, we need to get T-shirts. Hey, welcome to Small Bottom Podcast with Hannah's dad! And also Finn and Hannah. So I dad didn't know I was recording. <laughs> Can you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> he can't hear what you're saying because you're going through my earphones. No, the uh, the Hannah's dad merch, it's uh, merch such as I've seen Hannah's dad. It's selling like hotcakes right now, so you just need to go to our, whichever website it is, I'll just let Hannah... Uh, it's set, insert it in later. Go to our blank website, um, and then you can order your Hannah's dad merch. <laughs> yeah, go to itdoesn'texist.com. <laughs> you know, that probably will fucking exist as an actual website, though. <laughs> but yes, uh, back to the, the games um, that we've broken, because, um, of course, we were both brought up in physical media. We were. I prefer physical libraries to digital libraries, personally. I do as well. I don't know why I said that, like I was expecting someone to say, oh, no, no, I prefer digital. <laughs> oh, no, she uh, jumped on my foot. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. okay like, uh, are you talking about me, Mum? <laughs> no, we have um, isolated the spring onion toy, and we are currently snuggling next to spring onion and Mum. I like how you had to clarify that it was a toy, otherwise it would sound like you're making some kind of secret service message. We have smuggled the, sm <laughs> the, the spring onion. The spring onion is in... <laughs> <laughs> it's in the vicinity. Well, we could be government agents as far as people are concerned, you know, like... You'll never know. <laughs> the spring onion is snuggled. <laughs> Very well, we're pointing back to base. That's yeah, it. yeah so, so bringing up on sort of physical media, um, 
I don't know about you, but our game used to be looked after that well. Especially since, because we came off cartridges onto um, the PS1. That's true, yes. Um, and like, cartridges you can kind of knock about, leave at the sides, you know, they're a lot more robust. The, the plastic that's used to make those cartridges are very thick as well and quite hard. Yeah, so, CDs yeah. on the other hand. Very brittle. Very, very, very brittle. brittle. And scratchy. They can be scratched, they can be smashed, they can be damaged, stained. Um, lots of things can happen to a, a CD or a DVD, shall we say? Which makes them all the more precious when video game companies are like, oh, we don't need to put our old uh, game library on our newest consoles. And then you get to the point where, like, the newest console, the newest consoles and media have like progressed to a point where they can't actually go back and play old media anymore because it's too out of date, mm. it's too obsolete. Well, no, and I remember the um, the PS One boot up screen. There was always that moment when you get to the PS One logo, and it was like, okay, is the game going to load? <laughs> <laughs> or we like, just stuck at the screen because you know the. That's like a core memory for me. It's just like games that didn't never go past the PS1 Sony screen. Yeah, that screen. And the fun fact about that screen is that um, sound you hear in the background is the sign to let the player know if the disc is actually working. I didn't know this. It's why there's Although a slightly I... more extended version if your disc is scratched. Is it like a... Is, oh, I can't really say it. I'm, I'm trying to think of the sound of it in my head. I know you'll probably play it over the background, but... There's a very, like, nostalgic sound of the, the PS1 boot-up sound. Oh, it's, it's a gorgeous sound to me. I absolutely love it. I'm fairly certain it's my mating call. <laughs> if I'm trying to attract women, I just do the PlayStation 1 boot-up sound. <laughs> and whoever reacts to it, they're the ones you can stay with for the rest of your life. <laughs> yes. Well, that's how I serenade my um, current date. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's really cool. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, it's it's got a few variations, and a couple of them have different names. Well, the fans have given them different names. I think my favourite name is Fearful Harmony. Is Fearful Harmony the one where the game's disc is broken? It, yeah, it's where it's pretty buggered, and it just makes it's kind of like a sharp sound. Oh my god! It's not oh. nice. Oh, bleep! <laughs> I can't get this working. <laughs> yeah, the PlayStation's like this is. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, what Wait. have you put inside of my disc tray? Yeah, I have a lot of memories of just um, getting to that screen where all of us are just sitting there like, please work, please work. It's that thing, it's like when you could buy a new game, you walk, you walk, you're walking home and you get driven home and you're reading the ma game yes. manual whilst you're getting excited about playing the game and you get home, put the disc in, it doesn't work. If you're like me and dyslexic, you're still trying to read the manual, but you're only pretending to read it. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> I don't know what this says, but I'm sure it's great. The pictures look great. But um, no, we had a lot of those um, games that would boot up or don't boot up. And um, I think the most common ones I've had to replace are the first three Crash Bandicoot games and the first three Spyro games. I mean, I think mine were, again, I've not had my copies for a very long time now, but I think the games that I played, they were in relatively good condition. But I can imagine them degrading over time because they are quite popular very well played games yeah sort of like physical based media will deteriorate anyway there's always the risk of disc rot yes of course which is a terrifying thought for some of my particularly rare games I think the worst ones were the old PS1 discs is that they didn't have like a proper like CD back to them they had the black backs to them and you can't always see all the damage on the black back on the black backs 
So the scratches, fair enough. But like anything else that's a little bit deeper, it's a bit difficult to see because everything's been blacked out. But on the, the sleek and smooth PS2, Xbox 360 discs, you could actually immediately see if the, if the disc was or not. Because um, it was very clear as day when you saw it. That's true, actually. I do remember that. But did you ever get the... Because um, the PS2 also has like a, a screen if you um, put in a particularly scratched disc. I remember it the... Does. the yeah, the red screen of death. That's right. It was a red screen of death. And the music would still play, like, the menu music was It was still haunting, play. though. But it was it was very like, oh, God, what the fuck have I done to my computer? I said, like, what, ge- what have I done to my game? I've hacked it with this disc, and I don't know how. It's yeah, very I remember angry at me now. I remember that scaring me as a child when, like, the red screen came up, because I was like, it is a PlayStation 2 disc. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to have fun and it's just really angry at me now and I'm now all stressed about it. And it's telling me to put in a PS2 disc and I have put in a PS2 disc. Do not recognise media thing is a bane of yeah. our existence now. <laughs> it's like, it's there! It physically exists! I opened your tray for nothing. Yeah, it's. Um, I used to get freaked out by stuff like that as a child. <laughs> but yeah, so... I said it was always Crash Bandicoot inspired. I think I've only got a couple of original copies that are still loosely working. Uh-huh. Our copy of Crash Bandicoot Warped still works, but it has one moment where it crashes for a split second before continuing. You know, it thinks about it, it's like dangerously teasing, teasing with you, and then it carries on. Yeah. And it's always on the same level at the exact same point. It's what like, point uh, does it crash on? It's, um, did you play Crash Warped? I have, yeah. I was also on, I think it was at the end of the PS1 cycle that started the PS2, because I think I remember playing it on the PS2. Right, so it's on the, um, you know the Coco levels when you're on the jet ski? Yes. It's the, it's the first jet ski level. There's one point where you do a jump that has a 10, I say a 10% chance, no, it has a 90% chance of doing it. Yeah. Just thinks about it for a moment, then continues. Like, I could crash, you know. I could crash in this very important, crucial level, but I'm not going to, but I could. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't tested it recently, but I think it's still doing that. I might see if it is still acting up. Spyro 2 I've had to replace, I think, about two to three times now. Spyro 2 is my favourite Spyro game. It was, I think it was my fa- one of my favourite games growing up. So I used to play that until the disc would just not do it anymore. This was like, don't let, don't put me in there again. <laughs> I can't do it. We're not going to get past the Fearful Harmony disc. <laughs> the PS1 logo is just going to be there for all eternity now I can't do it anymore that's all I can do you stressed me out now I can't do it <laughs> yeah so I had to replace that one a few times and um, my copy of Spyro 1 still works but there's this big crack running down the disc that looks very um, foreboding uh, for when you it, actually put it in yeah it's foreboding but also um, sometimes the music just gives up I've had games that uh, before where the game is just like the game's working perfectly fine, but the music just can't keep up. and just keeps popping in and out. Yeah, it does that. It's just like, you just hear it slowly dying inside the um, PS1. Yeah, slow, it's dying a slow and painful death. Musicless yeah. death. So I've got a spare copy of that one now. Sort of, um, I've spoken to my games so like, shh, you know, I won't hurt you anymore. <laughs> I just put you here for show. Yeah, um, I'm going to play with you. I'm going to play with you for a couple of minutes and then I'll put you back down again. I'm not going to play for you for 13 hours straight because I used to do that when I was a teenager. I'm not going to do that now. <laughs> or if you don't have a memory card and you leave it paused so you don't lose your progress. Yes. Oh, I, I remember you yeah. used to have a, um, a fear of leaving games paused. 
I was going to say, like, if it was me, if I didn't have a memory card, I just would play it over and over again until I could get a memory card. I would like leaving things on pause after a certain amount of time because I get I get worried that I'm going to lose progress because the game will just like glitch out or something. That's what I used to worry about. I used to think the game would crash if you left it paused. For some reason, yeah. I got in my head that if you leave the game too long, it's not going to unpause or something will happen for some reason. It'll just go to sleep and it'll soft lock itself or something. Yeah, no idea where that came from. To my knowledge, that doesn't happen. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I think like nine times out of ten that would never happen. But I think there is that one time where it's like going, I left it on pause for so long and now it's not working anymore. <laughs> I think it might also stem from, um, for anyone who remembers old CRTs, um, yes. if you leave, a, leave something paused for too long and then turn it off, you get the image imprinted into the TV for a bit. It becomes burned into the, t- into the screen, doesn't it? Yeah, so I think it might be kind of linked to that. You could possibly be that, yeah. Or where, like, I got the idea from that somehow pausing it for too long will do something. Do something bad to the TV or the console itself. Yeah, I don't don't miss image burn. Yeah, no, that that's that's one thing I don't miss from CRT CRT days or the CRTD, as I was about to say. <laughs> ah, yeah, so the CRTDs. <laughs> but for me, I think one of the games that I played to death. Uh, would have been uh, Need for Speed Most Wanted 2005 edition because they did a re-release of it in 2013 which was but the 2005 version I played that to death and I played that on I played that on the PS2 and the Xbox 360 I I think yeah I couldn't play it on the Xbox one because it didn't do it backwards compatible but um, I love that story um, yes it's very cheesy it's very like too fast too furious levels of cheese um, in terms of story levels um, the customization, level of cars, and the challenge mode as well, where it was just you have a car, you have to get to a certain destination, or you have to make a certain amount of like damage to the city within the time limit. I really enjoyed that game. The soundtrack is amazing. If you go back and you can listen to some like classic songs from the 2005 era, and it was that kind of I think it was one of the first games I remember where you could actually edit the um, the playlist as well. You can like, cut off songs you don't like. You can move songs around, that sort of thing. I love that. I love the extra level of customization you have in that game. I said I remember playing that game so many times. I remember playing. I, I did a, a run through of Need for Most Wanted where I just kept the same first card that you get in the beginning of the game, and went through the entire blacklist and kill and uh, not killed and um, raced every single blacklist member, including Razor at the end, with the same card that I bought at the beginning of the game. And I felt such a, like I felt like such a badass. I know it's obviously not the greatest thing in the world now, but like, that was like my own personal challenge. Like, can I do it in the same car? Yes, I can. It was it was hard. I can tell you that the last level was an absolute. <laughs> but I managed to do it at the end. And it's also. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go on. I was, I was just going to say, like, setting your own personal challenges is a really good way to go back to a game that you've done that many times. I remember as well. I'm going to speak to it a little bit later on, but with the old mm. GTA games as well, I used to do things where. I would, I think the Saints Row Reboot have done effectively this challenge thing as part of their game. But I would I would get the maps that you get in every single GTA game. I have to have them all over my bedroom wall, because I'm that kind of person. Um, and I used to pick a random coordinate and then pick a random vehicle in the game. And then I'd pick another coordinate and I have to get from one coordinate to the other one on like a two, three, four star wanting level and survive at whilst I was in that same car. I couldn't change cars and I had to survive from one point to another point whilst being chased by the police. And I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. 
Um, it was a nice little, uh, I had a my own little edge to it. It was cool. Yeah, I can't yeah. think of any sort of imposed challenges I've done for my own games. Apart from um, that one that uh, me and my friend Tom streamed with the no rings, no item boxes and Sonic 3 and Knuckles. That just sounds really chaotic because the rings are everywhere. You can't avoid most of them. Oh, no, I mean, it's a, um, it's a cheat to turn them off. Oh, oh, okay. So it's like an old, it's like a hard mode, you know, because you die in one hit. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. It's, it's pure suffering. We've done it twice. <laughs> it's pure suffering. We did it twice. Oh, and the Next best part is... wine. Yeah. <laughs> and now they've got Amy as a playable character and Tom's like, let's do it again. Let's do it again, because um, for some reason the internet hates Amy. <laughs> no, no, we like Amy, but it's like, ah, oh, let's do the no rings, no item box challenge again. It's like, yeah. Because we like, we like suffering, apparently. Uh, to be fair, I kind of do. I don't know, I'm a bit of a masochist when it comes to certain <laughs> games. <laughs> But it adds, like, it adds another level to the gameplay. That's the thing. Like you can play through the game normally. You can play through the game on all different difficulties, and then you can add your own little bits into it, like that, like the no rings, no chess boxes, that sort of thing, um, or the um, getting point to point on a certain wanted level, or completing a game in the same vehicle, that sort of thing. It just adds an extra level onto the game. Well, especially if it's something that you've played literally hundreds of times. Yeah, because I I would definitely say on the later GTA games particularly four onwards. I have tried to replay the story mode and I just can't do it. In the 3D area, era, era even, uh, so San Andreas Vice City 3, could do that. I could replay them multiple times, absolutely happy as Larry. But GTA 4 onwards, I think one run through the story is enough. You don't need yeah, to replay Yeah, they're quite it. big games now. Yeah. Or, yeah, bigger, yeah. I should say. But, they're um... bigger and I think they're... they're attitude has changed from the 3D area. It's less kind of like, ha-ha, funny, and it's more kind of in a serious tone. Yeah, although, um, trying to think here, we need to go back on topic. Yeah, yeah, let's go back. <laughs> so, mm, how GTA is um, developed over the years, like, no, this isn't the topic for today. Whoops, tangent one. That's fine. <laughs> um, so definitely, it's only, my, most of my memories of games breaking a PS1 game, so gotta admit, and PS2. I think... Yeah. When games start to come out on Blu-ray, they're like Blu-ray discs are more robust. Yes, they are. They hold more data on them as well. They hold more data. The more robust. If you have a scratch Blu-ray, I you, I can definitely tell you that's buggered. <laughs> yeah, because you have to work yeah. at it to get it scratched. <laughs> like you really hated that game, or you really played that game to death to ruin a Blu-ray. Pretty much. Um, take from someone who's interested in this kind of media. It's like, yep. If I see a scratch <laughs> Blu-ray, that I'm like, no. Nope sling bye worthless yeah there's there's no chance of that working i was gonna say the um reminds me of another thing with like ps1 ps2 discs have you ever taken a broken disc to get cleaned will they take a layer off yes i have i remember back in the in the old day they used to go to um my own pet my own uh, local game world as it was called um to do that yeah yeah i remember taking a few games to blockbusters Showing my age. Remember that, kids? We're young and hip, right? 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 Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, Blockbusters is totally on trend. Oh, yeah, no, the, the people who listen to, here, listen to this podcast will know what Blockbusters is. I'm not going to explain it. <laughs> I remember taking a few games, so there one of them was, let's see, I've taken Crash Bandicoot 2 to Blockbusters. Um, yes. That did clean the scratches off fine, and the game was working. However, I took a broken copy of um, Crash Team Racing to Blockbusters. 
that had a bit of a different response uh, to being cleaned. Was that like, how did you do this in the first place, you monster? Okay, so this cleaning, to uh, explain it quite sort of like simplistic terms, it takes off a layer to get rid of scratches. Um, This can remove data from your disc. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so Crash Team Racing, it removed the um, voiceovers, basically. Oh, okay, so you had a ton of disc after that. Uh, yeah, I had a. <laughs> but the best part is, it, it, it remo- you could hear like some of the voices trying to come in, but it can't load any of it properly. So the characters be trying to talk, but it comes up as sort of. A, eh, and like you're listening through it through a broken speaker. Yeah, it was quite funny actually. I wish I still had that disc. So I was just no, like, okay. Yeah, the whole game was just that. Yeah. Sort of like, oh, great. <laughs> Well, that was successful. Um, I remember like, going on to the racing theme. Sorry, most of my games that are disc colours are racing games. One of the games I played on the PS1 for a very, very long time, and I did basically break the disc. I did not even broke. I not even broke the disc itself. I actually broke the case that it was in as well. Um, I went full hog on this. V Rally Two. Um, it's another racing game. Uh, there's been, I think, four. The last one was recently released, I think, a couple of years ago. Um, but V Rally 2 was on the PS1. It's a racing game set with rally cars. You could It was the first one where you could design your own tracks. That's one of the things I used to do a lot, is I would design my own tracks. But it had that thing where it's like, you can only do it up to a certain level. Once you get past a certain level, you can't save it. I'm like, well, that's defeating the point. Defeating the point. But I loved that game. Very, very frustrating. Some of the levels were very, very difficult. I particularly say that Sweden's level and the levels set in Corsica were the difficult levels because of all like the hairpin turns and like there'd be rocks on the side of the road that you'd always clip into. So yeah, the Rally 2 was one of the ones I completely destroyed as well. Yeah. <laughs> God, I have some very loose memories of that game, but uh, you know when it kind of feels almost faded? It's like, I definitely yeah, played like... that at some point, but I think it might have been at someone's house. It was a good little game. It was a good little game. Uh, it did have a multiplayer, but you could play your own custom levels or you could play the levels in the game. Um, I, rem- I remember as well, I liked doing the, the the repair management in between races as well. You were given like a, a time limit of like 30 minutes and you had, to re- you had to repair your car or whatever you've broken on your car basically within 30 minutes. And each repair would take a certain amount of time. And I loved that little bit because you couldn't always repair your car completely 100%. You have to kind of work out, you have to have like a risk reward kind of thing of like what things would you leave not touched and what things would you leave prepared. And it would always end up being, oh, I've broken the bodywork. Well, I'm not repairing that. <laughs> because as long as it, unless it's not attacking the tyres, it's not going to affect the race. Now, I do like those kind of mechanics. Like risk reward mechanics are, I don't know, they're always a bit more interesting games. It's like, oh, do I do this? Do I not? Yeah, like, we do this, but then this might happen. Um, if I don't re- if I don't research this sort of thing, then that won't happen. That sort of thing. It's kind of feeds into like XCOM that sort of thing. That sort of like uh, first person, not first person, third person. Sorry, um, tra- strategic shooter, where you have to kind of like do risk risk management, resource management, risk reward type things. Yeah, but uh, I was gonna say like um, if you want a literal disc killer. And uh, this is a good warning for anyone who is um, into collecting retro games. Maybe you want to start off it, you know, start a hobby of it. Yeah. If you're going to get a PS2, don't go for a PS2 Slim. I had two PS2 Slims growing up. Okay, so there's a 
a high chance I find with a PlayStation 2 Slim that um, there's a problem that can happen with the laser where I think, I don't know if the laser shifts or something goes wrong, but the laser can put a ring in your games, like a physical ring. I didn't know this. I know that obviously the laser is susceptible to breaking down. That's what the first PS2 that I had, Slimline one, broke because the laser was just like, nah, I can't do it anymore. Um, yeah, no, there's... I don't know um, marking the discs. <laughs> yes, it can put these big old rings in your disc. And because um, I, I always go for the, the fat models, the lovely sort of nickname by fans. The brick version, yeah. Yeah, like the big old fat bricks. They're, <laughs> they're nice and chunky. <laughs> you could club someone to death with that one, but whereas the slim line, you can probably just slap them with it. I, mean, I suppose it would still hurt. But anyway. I mean, yeah, it's true. So uh, my friend Tom brought over his PS2 Slim they had at the time. It yes. put little round rings in some of my games and one of them was like a really rare game it thankfully still works but you haven't but I, was like, <laughs> but I don't I'm not allowed to bring his ps2 around anymore well luckily it broke <laughs> ah i see uh, that the, side I note as well just um i will wait until you finish sorry go on <laughs> i was gonna say there was a incident involving a sledgehammer i think um on the disc or the gate or the console the, the console the console had an accident with a sledgehammer yeah no, it, it broke on its own, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just got this image of you, like, going out to, like, a patch of land and smashing a PS2 together. That's <laughs> why I wanted the... That's why I wanted the do to it after it put a ring in my um, obscure game called Obscure. I was yes. like, ah, that game is, like, 50 quid, Tom. What are you doing, Tom? Are you trying to ruin this? I mean, thankfully it still boots up, but the be fair is good um, revenge for when my cat sat on his copy of Silent Hill, which is like a 60, 70 pound game. So, you know, I guess we even... I think you mentioned this on a previous podcast as well, he mentioned this. I did mention... almost destroyed a a copy of his game for him. It did destroy it. Okay, it did destroy it. Sorry, it did. Yeah, it's arse did destroy Silent Hill. (laughs) Silent Hill was destroyed by cat anus. Yes. Moral of the story is don't get PS2 slim. Don't let your cat sit on a PS1. Uh, these are literal disc killers. If you have them in your home, please. <laughs> please watch so they don't do this. And God forbid you don't put the two together. Oh, no, that's the worst. Like, that's like Doomsday scenario right there. But, um, yeah, so in uh, fairness to Tom, because Tom likes to listen to these, um, you know, it, it's fair. I think we're even. Uh, yeah, no, I think he's, I think he's more than made up for it over the years. I'm guessing. Yeah, although unfortunately, um, the copy of Ratchet and Clank um, with the the round because they did it to a few discs with the round circle. Oh, um, he's a serial killer of discs. Yeah, he's a disc killer. <laughs> unfortunately, that one does crash um, quite frequently now. It's like Far Destination, but for discs. <laughs> and Tom is the killer of all of them. <laughs> Maybe Tom is like um, deaf, but the, Tom like, is deaf. <laughs> but the, the the sort of you know PlayStation sort of disc version of deaf. <laughs> I don't know what that would look like. I suppose it'd be like um, instead of a scythe, it's um. um try, th- there is a clever joke to be made here. Yeah, if we'll, we'll find one and we'll come back to you on that. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like, what is oh, like a, he's got like a set of keys and a disc. And he's like, I'll scratch him. I'll scratch him. Your disc is at the end of its life. I've come to finish it. <laughs> it is time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll also say, though, um, from uh, the... Oh, God, my brain's just gone everywhere. Um, from the um, Xbox 360 era, 
a game that I played to death as well on there was uh, XCOM Enemies Within, which is the first XCOM game after they rebooted it. And that's another, like I said, a third person strategy shooter. That game was great. I never played the original XCOM games beforehand, but I really, really enjoyed the customization, the risk management, resource management um, of that game. Obviously, everyone knows it's brutally difficult in places. And you can name soldiers after your friends and family, and normally they are the one, first ones that died. Um, of course. Normally with each other. Um, but I, I really, really enjoyed that game. It was like such a, such like a I'm going to say a unique concept, but I'm sure there are other alien-based uh, third-person shooters around. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I really did. I loved the the, uh, the character story and team. They were great. Absolutely great. And I played that multiple, multiple times. I think I actually had to replace my original one because it was XCOM Enemies Unknown originally, then the DLC one was within. I actually had to replace the Unknown because I'd broken the disc with the amount of replays on it. It all got scratched up. So yeah, I replaced is... it with Enemies Within. That is the unfortunate thing with displaced media. Although even cartridges can get worn out. That is true. That is true. Even cartridges can... Uh, you can sometimes break the prongs on old cartridges and they would no yeah. longer play anymore. Especially if, like, because it's the constant taking out, it reinserting, taking out. Yeah. And if you're inclined to blow the cartridges, like, I'm sure all of us have done it. Everybody has. Everybody's blown a cartridge. <laughs> so that was a sound of fun with me. Yes, we've, we've all done it, everyone. We've all blown the cartridges. <laughs> well done, everyone. I've made the joke everyone was thinking about. Okay, we can get back to our lives. Thank you. Well, I've blown more than one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, the, the problem with that is the reason why it works is because it's moisture from your breath got to, gets onto the um, pin, so then that helps the con um, connection. But of course, that technically wears out your pins after a period of time, so it's only a yeah. good temporary fix. But long term wise, it can actually damage the carts. Yeah, um, and I imagine there'd be some kind of like rusting effect happening as well. It is, yeah. The pins. That's exactly what happens. So. I know we've all done it and we're all tempted, but no matter how tempted you are, don't we've blow your cartridge. We've all got cards. the lucky blow, haven't we? We've all got the lucky blow that fixes all cartridge games, but no, not all the time. Not always a good idea, but um, I think I have a few Mega Drive games which are actually worn out quite a bit. They still boot if you, um, you know, you, you know when you take them out, then you like really insert it because yeah, that's going to help it. <laughs> yeah, like you seem especially taking it out and putting it back in again. Yes, I'm more I'm aggressive with this. <laughs> Um, does seem to work. Um, the, the actual labels of some of my cartridges are worn out. Before you can see, I've like taken it out, put it back in. I'm just trying to think of like other things that I've tried when like a disc isn't behaving properly. Besides just like slamming it down, throwing it around. Oh, did you used to do the... Uh, we used to do the, you like, breathe on the disc and then wipe out your t-shirt? I know that's horrible. I've done that before. It doesn't work. I've done No, the, it doesn't. Um, don't do that, people. If I don't have any CD cleaner... This is how old I am. CD cleaner used to be a thing. I used to turn the disc over, spray it with polish, and then do the same thing I would do with CD cleaner. And polish oh, yeah. isn't really supposed to be for discs. It's supposed to be for surfaces, really. But it would necessarily clean all maybe like stains and like dust that might be on it, but it would also leave streaks, which would potentially more damage the disc than more than it was beforehand. Yeah, don't I remember do that. doing that. <laughs> Or the lucky rub, which was like you take the disc and you rub it on a piece of clothing. Yeah. And apparently that's supposed to miraculously fix it as well. Uh. <laughs> or sometimes it's just like, what if we take the disc out and put the disc back in and not do anything? I don't know where we get these ideas from. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's something that you wouldn't you wouldn't get in the retro days because it's a very obvious way of putting the disc in upside down or right way up. 
But in the newer consoles, the amount of times I put the disc in the wrong way around because it's a vertical start rather than a horizontal start gets me every time. Oh yeah, I've had that issue with the Xbox Series X. And it chucks it back out at you, like, what the f*** is this? <laughs> it's like, give me a disc. Well, it's a shame it doesn't have, like, an option to make it say that. <laughs> like, what is this? I am a games console, not a miracle worker. But, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else I've broken over the years. So most of my games have broken have definitely been platformers. I had a... Again, it's another racing game. Sorry, guys. I had a, another game on PS1, um, which I absolutely bloody loved. And it was um, another racing game called Vanishing Point. I don't know if anybody recognises that game, but... Recognise the name? It was... Um, I don't need to describe it, really, because it was like a racing game, like a standard racing game, but it also had like a challenge mode, so there'll be one where like you have like a, a section of road with like three loops, and you have to get through it without hitting the red sections, and you're driving like real-life cars. I really enjoyed that game. I played that a lot until the disc no longer wanted to function anymore because... I play it so often that it's just like, no, can't deal with it anymore, I'm too stressed, no. Um, that's another another cool like racing game that I used to play on the PS1. I'm sure there's somebody out there who knows what the vanishing, what vanishing point was. It was kind of like, it, it felt a little bit like Gran Turismo, but with a little bit of like, all the horizon, like, challengey, jokey bit with it as well. Kind of a mix of the both. Yeah, I said, I feel like I know the name, but I don't think I've actually played it. Um, I have to find it. I'm gonna to have to Google it because I know it has like two cars on it. I know, I know that narrows it down. I know, guys. Oh, I know. The, yeah, that, well, that certainly helps. I mean, um, not many car games have two cars in it. <laughs> Shush. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't based on the movie. Before you ask, it was a complete, its own separate thing. Of course. Um, well, to go back to cartridges for a moment, of because um, I think like N64 cartridges are fun. They're quite robust. Oh um, yes, yeah, yeah. Mainly issues with sort of Mega Drive. I know NES cartridges have issues with bending the pins because of the way you press down to insert them. Um, I never had a NES, so I can't really say that's ever happened to me. I just know that's one that does it. But um, a fun one with cartridges is um, Sonic 3D Flicky's Island or Sonic 3D Blast if you're um, from North America. If you smack the cart. (laughs) Yes, for the sake of Genesis, because you're also wrong on that one. But anyway. If you smack the cartridge, it will take you to um, the level select screen. Like as a default? As a default, because um, it's an error handler. And like, so you can, if you have like an, I think my, one of my friends figured it out when he was a child because he was having like an argument with his brother who gets to play Sonic 3D. And yeah. um, I think they smacked the console by mistake. Then it took them into the level select. <laughs> so no, it's not quite a disc killer, but it's like, yeah. Just a fun it, fact. It, it, um, if, probably wouldn't have done, it probably wouldn't have done good to the actual disc itself. Um, well, well, to the cartridge. It's not a good idea. Even. I have Googled uh, an image of Vanishing Point, the video game. It was released in 2001, but later than I expected it was going to release it. Released, even. And it had an Alfa Romeo on the front. Okay. Still quite, that's quite a late PS1 game. It is. It is. I think because the PS2 had come out in 2000. So, yeah, it's like a year into the PS2's lifespan. It was made by Acclaim, and it was on the Dreamcast and PlayStation, PlayStation 1. Oh, interesting. I wonder how easy to break Dreamcast games are. Sort of... Well, didn't you have a stream where you tried to do that once? Yeah, well, the reason why... Um, what's it? Because we were playing Blue Stinger, that, but that kept crashing. Yeah. Um, the reason for that was actually because of um, the kind of... Uh, trying to think what cable it is. Um, the Dreamcast has multiple types of cable you can use for um, the output. So, SCART cable, the three-pronged cable, 
VGA, I think, is the cable we were using. Oh, okay. VGA. Anyway, Blue Stinger does not like that type of cable. Which is helpful on a console that uses that kind of cable. Exactly. So that's why it kept crashing at one particular point and why it was so out of sync. Ah, okay. So I've got a free pong cable uh, for it, which um, it now works absolutely perfectly. Wonderful. Wonderful. So there should be some uh, upcoming streams of that game, then, if you've got the cable working. Oh, there should be. Unfortunately, Power Stone, on the other hand, uh, definitely is broken. So that's ah. definitely a game that's so unplayed to death. What is Power Stone? I don't think I've heard of that before. I think it's... I've never actually played it, to be honest. I just sort of like, we have it. <laughs> it <laughs> exists. Of, yeah, I think it's... Um, I want to say it's like a 3D top-down sort of fighter of sorts. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't feel confident enough to say exactly what it is, because I haven't actually like, tried booting it up. I know it's a multiplayer fighter game of sorts. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I want to say it's more like Smash Bros, but I could be wrong. Like a top-down uh, Smash Bros. Yeah, that that's what it sort of make, makes me think of when I see gameplay of it anyway. The first thing I thought of was like Mad TV, like a top-down fighter that way. Oh yeah, that game. That's I a think blast it's a bit different. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, we're starting to show our age on this um, podcast. They are well aware that we are actually 18. They're well aware of this. <laughs> we may sound old, but we're actually very young. Uh, I think we left that um, age a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we are, we're, we're pretending that we're not approaching or in our 30s, but sometimes it's less convincing. Yeah, that's in not convincing at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But never mind, um, I'm trying to think, um, I think I've ran out of sort of like various discs I've murdered. Not on purpose. Yeah, because the only, like I said, I've mentioned all the ones that I've uh, murdered. Another side note as well, I've already mentioned GTA earlier on, but um, I remember I never had the actual case for this disc, this PS1 disc, but I did play this a lot to the point where it did actually break, and that was GTA 2. I had GTA 1, I gave it to my cousin, never got it back. And GTA 2, I never actually bought this. I just ended up having a disc for GTA 2 randomly. And because Ooh, I didn't have a case in it, and it, it was a mystery disc. Because I didn't have a case for it, it ended up just being in other, in other games' cases. And I think because it kept getting pushed in and out of you know, the little clicky thing in the middle of the case yeah. to keep the disc there, I think that might have scratched it up a little bit. Because after a certain amount of time, it wouldn't play in the disc. It wouldn't play in the player's one anymore. And like, ah, probably because it's not got any protection on it anymore. <laughs> no, I have some I games have like that. Of that game. Yeah, I've got a mysterious copy of um, Pac-Man World 2 that's I don't remember ever buying. It doesn't have a game, you know, doesn't have anywhere for me to keep it, so I just put it in my, um, you know, disc wallet. It's, it's nice when you have, like, mystery games like that as well, isn't it? Um, it, it is fun, um, but I, I've not actually tested that one because that does look scratch the buggery. <laughs> it's probably hasn't been played or you haven't got many memories of it because it's probably broken That's yeah I might have to test that out actually but um, it looks broken thankfully the other what... hmm? on a scale of one to <laughs> how is it um I guess just below okay okay cool mm, so there's a chance <laughs> worth a shot it could still work <laughs> it's still good it's still good it's still good it's still good it's scratched <laughs> I know but um no it's like my copy of um, Scooby-Doo Night 100 Frights was also just a mysterious game that turned up. I didn't buy it. I can't remember buying uh, Cyber Chase, but I just had it. And I've mentioned this before on other podcasts, I'm not going to go over it again, but 
I just I had a Cyber Chase on PS One. Yeah, it's PS One. Yeah, I don't remember buying it. I just had it. I almost finished it. Um, I got as far as the Rome level. Was it Rome level? Yeah, that's Rome level. Rooftops. That's as far as I got before I stopped playing it. Oh, fair. That's um, that's only like the second set of levels. Hmm. But um, Ooh, that's just reminded me as well. Another game that I played to death, and this one actually did break, was um, Emperor's New Groove, which I had on PC. Oh, that's a fun game. I love that game. That game was amazing. I played the game before I watched the movie, which I know is a bit of a weird way of doing it. But I had the video game. I love the video game. So I got it on, P- on PC, back on my creaky old PC, which is like a box PC. This is how old I am. And um, it wasn't like a sleek, thin one. You had like a separate tower to. It was like its own like brick, like PC. Oh, these take um, up so much room. Yeah, they did take up so much room. You had to have their own separate cabinet for it. But I remember playing that um, and getting to the second Catacombs level, I think it was. And then the game was just like, no, I'm not playing anymore. Well done. But I've I'm, I'm, I'm not finished the game. No, I'm done. I'm not playing this anymore. <laughs> like, oh, okay then. <laughs> oh, it's always the worst. Um, I've just remembered another game I have that that's happened to. Digimon World on PS1. I um, don't. I don't think I've ever seen any Digimon video games. Uh, Digimon World tell. is I'm trying, trying to describe it really. It's an obtuse game that shouldn't be fun, but yet it's strangely endearing. That's like that's that a is a perfect charm. description of Digimon. <laughs> there's a quaint charm to it, but um, my copy of Digimon World um, crashes. Out of all places it can crash, it freezes in a place called Freezeland. <laughs> And it only it uh, loads so up running. the it loads up the name Friesland, then just stops there. I'm like, seriously. That just reminds me of like I know it's not a, a it's not a disc killer, but in Batman Arkham Asylum there is a when you're doing Scarecrow's missions, it will pretend that the game is breaking, or it will pretend that it's frozen and we restart the level, but actually it's from another character's perspective. It just reminded me of that. <laughs> Oh, I have heard of that. It's because they know that we have an innate fear of it. Yeah, we have a fear of our games breaking on us. We don't want that to ever happen. <laughs> we've spent so much time, we've invested so much money into it that we don't want them to just, like, nah, not working for you, man. <laughs> yeah, it's just, as I said, it's just funny that um, Digimon World decided to do that. I think that's my favourite crash I have. <laughs> it's like, you know what, you can just live in my cabinet. You're forever you that game what? that freezes in Freezeland. You know what? That's fine. You can crash on Friesland. I get it. It's fine. <laughs> That's, um, yeah. I think now I've actually ran out. I've just realised most of the games I've listed are PS1 games. I think it's um, more to do with the fact we... I would have been younger when the PS1 came out. Yeah, so we're think... younger and more stupid when we're young. Um, yeah. and a half. Um, I think we're more into game preservation as we get older than we are when we're younger. And... Preserving newer games is easier than older games. Oh, definitely. But uh, no, I've definitely gotten better as it got older, and um, I've rebrought all the PS1 games that we broke, which is, as I said, all the Crash Bandicoots, all the Sparrows, Rayman, um, I think both the Oddfall games, it, CTR. Pretty much the, the entire collection I had to rebuy. All the classics, and all, all the, they're all great and stuff like that. I haven't played for a very long time Crash Bash. Oh, Crash Bash is fun. was on PS1 as well. Well, that wasn't my yeah. game. That's why I haven't included it in my disc killers. That wasn't my game that I owned. It was one of my friend's games, but I'll play the hell out of that as well. Yeah, that's another one I've replaced. So, but as an adult, I can preserve these games a lot better now. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, so some PS2 games sort of get that little red screen that 
terrified me. But I think after that, admittedly, that did make me look after the games better. So I, think after, I guess it's a positive. I think after the Xbox One Ring, Red Ring of Death, I think that was like the, the, the turning point of where like when people would release physical copies of games, we kind of knew before we were buying it that it was going to be a good game or it was going to be a scratch disc before we bought it. That sort of thing. Like with better kind of like safeguards in that sort of respect. Yeah, and I think there's just more awareness in general. But obviously with digital media, there's um, nothing to scratch. True. But uh, I don't know. I still get physical. The only way they can get rid of digital copies is if they do a PT. Oh, like, no, PT. I don't want you to play this game anymore. Bye. Yeah, but although I think that's a topic for another day. It is. Yeah, that's a topic for another day. Right. I so, think sure. I've... Uh... I was going to say, that's the same thing as you, sorry, go on. <laughs> we were both going to say the exact same thing, like, right, yeah. I think um, I've covered all I need to cover. Yeah, um, I hope you've uh, enjoyed yourself um, on this podcast that we've done together. Um, this is on Disc Killers. I have been Finn. I've been Hannah. And if you want to um, follow us outside of the uh, podcast, we're both on Twitch. Um, Hannah, what's your Twitch channel? Um, my Twitch uh, channel is Scooby Percent. But, uh, it's all I, predominantly retro. And I stream on uh, Living with the Ghost, um, and I normally do Thursdays and Tuesdays. So you can definitely check us out outside the podcast if you haven't eaten to. Yeah. Um, have you got anything else left to say, Anna? No, I think um, we've uh, covered all that needs to be covered today, and I hope everyone's had a really nice time. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. And until next time. Bye. Bye.